Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. Here at GPC, we want you to know God, love people, and live sent. From wherever you're listening, we hope you're encouraged by this week's message. If you want to learn more about Grace Point, head over to gracepointchurch.net. And now, this week's message. We are wrapping up the Intentional Parenting Series today. We have been going for a month and a half on this. And some of you guys are like, I don't have kids. My kids are gone. I don't even want to talk about this anymore. And so uh, I, I get it. But uh, it's, we can still influence the next generation. We've had five different speakers uh, be able to share the stage with them. has been incredible. Uh, just, again, depart, to get the wisdom from them. All along, we have been looking for the principles in Scripture. The, this book does not, is not a parenting guidebook. However, when it does speak to parenting, it is an incredible, accurate guidebook for our life. And we can take great principles like the Reddick shared last week about the whole idea of parenting from the new self versus the old self. I can't tell you the number of times I parented from the old self. And so parenting from the new self is incredible, uh, awesome principle. But in that whole time, we've been focusing on the principles because here's, here's just a truth for you. Methods are many. Principles are few. Methods change. Principles never do. And methods are a dime a dozen. Parenting trends and trendiness in parenting and ideas and concepts in parenting. Uh, 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 people will say, don't do this in this generation, that they did it in the previous generation. I think of the example when I was being disciplined by, by one of my grandmothers growing up is when I got in trouble, she would make me go stick my nose in the corner. All right? That means I had to ignore everything around me and I had to put my nose in the corner. Now, I understand later on that's considered abuse. I don't know. But uh, then we go to, my, when we started raising our kids, it was time out. You put your kids in time out. Now, how many of y'all, one, put your nose in the corner when you were growing up? And you still live to tell about it. Okay, good. Uh, I, I don't feel abused. Uh, how many of y'all have done time out? Okay, you've, done, you're, you've been in time out maybe. Uh, so uh, now I heard this on a podcast just last week. Timeout's bad. Now we're calling it time in. And I, I laughed so hard I couldn't, even, I couldn't even listen to what time in is. Because again, the trends of parenting go in and out and what's good and what's bad and all that kind of stuff. Methods are many, principles are few. Methods change, principles never do. We're looking for principles. Principles are, are universal, okay? A principle, it doesn't matter if you're here in America raising our little uh, snowflake children here in America, or you are raising orphans in Africa with New Day Orphanage, of which we help sponsor and support uh, over there. Uh, about 50 kids that, uh, that live in, a, in an orphanage, and we've sent teams over there a number of times. There's Jeremy Sullivan uh, holding some of those babies. And so we've loved on them, but here's the thing about parenting principles. What is good in America is good in Zambia. Now, it may be presented differently, but it's, it's what's good here, it's good there. It's, it's universal, but it's also timeless. So whenever you look at Abraham and you see that there's generational sins that go on with Abraham, and we all see today that there's even generational sins, and we've had generational sins conversations about that, well, guess what? That is a universal, timeless principle. We have tried to zero in on those universal, timeless principles of parenting. Here's one thing as I, want, I want you to ask, is what is a principle? What is it that you want your kids, as a principle of your parenting, 
You want your children or your future children or your grandchildren or, again, big brothers, big sisters or aunts and uncles, whatever your role may be. What is that one thing that you want your kids to not leave home without? Think about it. One thing. Maybe you have multiple layers to that one thing, but what is it that you don't want the kids to leave home without? Maybe you left home without it, and now as an adult, you're looking back on it and saying, man, I'm going to make sure my my kids get that. Maybe it is something that you got and has stuck with you through the, through the years and has helped gu- been, been guiding you through life. Uh, I want to propose to you that there is something that, that we can learn today and that we could pass on, that it is something that you just don't want your kids to live without. If you have your Bibles, look at Matthew 3. I had Hayden read a section of the Scripture, but we're going to read a little bit more of the context here in just a moment. This is at Jesus' baptism. John the Baptist has grown a ministry and is now beginning to hand off his ministry, even sending his disciples to follow Jesus. He's saying, I must decrease, but he must increase. So Jesus' ministry is going to grow, and John's is going to, uh, going to shrink because he's actually pointing people to Jesus. And so he's doing that. But Jesus comes up to John the Baptist to be baptized. John goes, wait, you should be baptizing me. He said, no, because in Scripture it needs to be fulfilled that I'm, that I'm being baptized. So again, Jesus models for us, even as believers to this day, we learn about baptism. But something happens after that baptism where we see the Godhead in all of its fullness. Now, let me just emphasize this, because Muslims do not believe this. Mormons across the street don't believe this. Um, There are other faiths around the world. Judaism doesn't believe in the Trinity, the three in one, the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All three, all one, all distinct individuals, but yet all collectively together as one. This is what the the Council of Constantinople called it, the undivided, individed persons. That's a mouthful. The undivided, yet individed persons, that there's three distinct persons, but yet they are all one. And the Bible never uses the word Trinity, three in one, but yet you see the Trinity throughout the Scripture. I'll say it to you like this, as I was uh, told in my own uh, education time, and if you try to explain the Trinity, you're going to blow your mind or lose your mind. But if you try to deny the Trinity, you're going to lose your faith. So the Trinity is hard to understand. It's hard to put our arms around, but we see the Trinity working together in this passage. So let's read the passage together. Matthew chapter 3, beginning in verse 13. And Jesus came to Galilee, to the Jordan, to John, to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him uh, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you do, uh, and do you come to me? And Jesus answered, let it be so. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And Jesus was baptized. Immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him. When the heavens open, what happens? The Spirit of God descending like a dove, coming to rest on him. First person of the Trinity coming to the 
or the, the second person of the Trinity is receiving the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is coming upon him. But notice what the first person, the Father said. And behold, the heavens said, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. What a statement. What, what, what a parenting principle can we learn from this? If you can be fathered by anybody, I want to be fathered by God. I want to learn how to father because of looking how, how God the Father fathers the Son and, and learn principles from that. And, and what would that look like for me? Here's what I want to say, propose to you today, that the one thing that you don't want to leave home without is what I want to call the blessing. Now, that's not my phraseology. But that is a phraseology that I picked up from a book by John Trent and Gary Smalley called The Blessing. I went to college and I can honestly say that from my mother who's sitting here on the front row, second row, I received the blessing. Didn't know what it was going to college, but it was a professor from New Zealand who was one of my college professors who called me in to be a part of a Bible study in his home at 6 a.m. on Friday mornings. College students got together in his home about five of us. Now, again, 6 a.m., college students, Friday morning. That doesn't go together, all right? But I was wanting to be with this professor, wanting to just be with him, learn from him. He starts pouring into me. He starts giving me the blessing. I didn't even know what it was. We read this book together. It's one of my top 10 all-time books that I've read. I didn't understand the power of the blessing. But when you start breaking it down and you start seeing it from Genesis all the way here to, to Jesus in the New Testament, you see the blessing being lived out. You see this happening. So what I want to propose to you today, when we watch God the Father and how He parents or how He is the Father to God the Son, how is that relationship? And now, how do I take those principles and apply them to my parenting, grandparenting, big brother, big sister, whatever influence you play? Maybe it's a small group leader in someone's life. There are three blessings every person needs in their life. One of those is meaningful touches. Meaningful touches. Now, I know that when you look at this, there's so much theology in this, and I am not doing a theological breakdown on the Trinity today, so I apologize for that. If you walk out of here today, said he left so much uh, on the table about the Scripture and the passage and the, and the Trinity, I, I, I admit it up front. But what I'm focusing on is how does the Father and the Trinity interact with each other when it comes to the Son and the Son launching? Because this is beginning the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. So it happens here that the dove descends and rests upon him. It's a symbol. It's a statement. It's not just a symbol. It's a reality that God comes down and touches the Son. Now, what does it mean when the Holy Spirit comes down and touches the Son? Well, you can go back to Isaiah and get a picture of what that might look like. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Prophetic statement here. The Spirit of wisdom. So what, is, what does Jesus get at this moment? He gets wisdom. He gets understanding. He gets counsel. He gets might. He gets knowledge. He gets the fear of the Lord. I mean, there's this whole descending of the Spirit of God upon Jesus. Yes, this is the moment that he's anointed. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm not able today to parse out 
the awareness of, of Jesus in, in his early childhood and when he became uh, aware and at what time uh, that he became aware that he was the Son of God, I can say this, he was sinless, he was perfect all the way through life. But I mean, in this moment, we see the Spirit of God coming down and resting upon him, touching him. I want to translate that for us today. As parents, as aunts and uncles, as grandparents, whatever, again, I'm putting all those qualifiers in there. We have a means to give a blessing to someone through a simple touch, through an embrace, through a high five, through a pat on the back, through a dad boy, whatever it may be. It could be through a hug, an embrace. It could be literally just holding someone's hand as they're weeping over the loss of someone in their own life and just being present for them. It could be putting a hand on their shoulder and praying over them. The power of the touch, do not miss it. Psychologists have been studying the power of the touch for years. UCLA uh, did a study on the power of the touch and pointed out that men, women need five, eight to ten, excuse me, eight to ten meaningful touches every day. That touch could be a gentle touch, a stroke, a, a high five, a fist bump, a kiss. Uh, it could be anything that is welcomed. I have to say that in this day and age, sad to say, but a welcome, meaningful touch. And literally, it goes on to say in their research that type A people need touches so much that it will increase their lifespan by two years. Again, this is just research that's out there on the power of the touch. 20 seconds of a meaningful touch literally increases the oxytocin in the brain, which is the pleasure drug, okay? And it decreases the cortisol in the brain, the stress hormone. It increases trust. It increases connectedness. Why do we value it? Why, do, why does our heart stop beating whenever the person we love first reaches over and touches our hand? Power of the touch. Parents, the only time we touch our children is in discipline. We've missed a beautiful opportunity to pass on the blessing. Research touch, uh, excuse me, University of Miami Medical School Touch Research Institute. Did you know there was a Touch Research Institute out there? studied premature babies. They, they showed some babies that were getting 45-minute massages, just light touches to their body. 47% of those gained weight faster than those who did not receive touches. Also, the actual bones grew faster in the babies that were being massaged than those that were not touched. If an infant who's unaware of so much around them is being meaningfully touched and being blessed through that touch in a meaningful way, what would it mean for even us? We never outgrow the power of the touch. Jeremiah, excuse me, Isaac uh, uh, blessed Jacob and, and embraced him and says, the father Isaac said to, to him, come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and he kissed him. Meaningful touch. When Jesus was walking through the streets, some woman touched the hem of his garment. Energy leaves him. She is healed through the touch, transfer of power. 
Jesus was with, the, with, with many people and the, the people were trying to get their babies to, to, to the laps of Jesus, to the lap of Jesus. It says they were bringing their infants, even their infants, that he might touch them. And the disciples were pushing them back and rebuking them. And Jesus called them to him and said, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for such belongs the kingdom of God. He's doing this to infants. Can you imagine if you stepped into our preschool department and served in that area and you just sit on the floor and you just meaningfully touch as you read a book, as you do crayons, the meaningful touches, you might say it means nothing. It actually means something. Preschoolers and adults, life the same. Paul told Timothy to lay hands on the mature people in the church. Early church actually had a practice that's mentioned five times in the early church writings. Romans 16, 16, this is one of those times. Greet each other with a holy kiss. Now, what if you walked in that door today and I smacked you on the lips? Put it on the cheek. You go to Russia, Ukraine, where I've been, they will literally kiss side to side. Again, the whole idea of a touch is powerful. Don't let your kids leave home without meaningful, life-giving touches. As a six to eight-year-old, I don't remember exactly the age, but I can remember it was a birthday party. I can remember uh, it was a family member. I can remember being very excited and very appreciative of a gift that was given to me. And I went up to kiss the family member. I was initiating it. And I can remember the family member pushing me away and saying, don't kiss me. As an adult. And to this day, it sticks in my mind. And from that point forward, the whole concept of touching that person Hugging that person in a meaningful, appropriate way? No, thank you. Again, the power of the touch. The Holy Spirit descends on Jesus, but also the Father will express high value. The Father will express high value. Notice what he said. He said, this is my beloved Son. This is my beloved Son. The message of belonging is so powerful. This is my son. Do your children know and know that they are valued? That is one of the things that your children do not need to leave home wondering, am I valued? Before you can honor your kids, before you honor their behavior, you value them as a person. Hang on to that. Are they valued? What does does it mean? to be a part of your family, and is that a value? And we picked up something, again, tricks, tips and tricks you pick up from different people growing up uh, or whenever we were parenting. Um, we developed this phrase in our home called, remember you're McDaniel. And it was a phrase that we literally would remind our kids, you're going out on a date, remember you're McDaniel. I didn't say remember you're a preacher's kid. Uh, remember you're McDaniel when you're driving your car. Remember you're McDaniel. Remember you're McDaniel. And it's become one of those things that occasionally even now in their adults will remember you're McDaniel. What we were trying to do is we were trying to add value to our, our family name so that our kids would say, hey, you know what? I need, to, I need to honor my family name. 
In fact, when Jordan got married, she gave up the McDaniel name and became a McGrath. But we got t-shirts and reminded her that she's still a McDaniel underneath it all. What's the value that you're transferring to your kids, to the next generation, that they know that they're valued and they're a part of something valuable? This is my son. This is my son. God the Father is looking at God the Son. He said, this is my son. There's value in that. But it's not just in what, that. It's also the, the fact that he knows that he is loved. This is my beloved son. Do your kids absolutely know that you love them? Just for who they are not for what they do, not for the grades they bring home, for the sports teams that they may, not, not anything that they do just for who they are, that they have priority in your life, that they're valued, that they're loved, there's space for them. I hope that that's a message that is unmistakable inside your home. And they walk away with that. Never leave home without high value. Do not let your kids leave home without meaningful touches. Number three, don't let your kids leave home without giving them words of affirmation. Let this be something that even into adulthood that you are continuing to affirm them. A value, remember this, a value is focused on who you are. It's your belonging to the family. Jesus does, or God the Father does that, but he also, affirmation focuses on what you do. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. What the son is doing is good. This is where we start shaping their behavior. Their their belonging is, is unconditional. This is my beloved son. Their behavior is what they do and we have to bring up both of them and nurture both of them in the next generation. When Jesus didn't just hear this once from the Father. This is, some, this is a message that into his ministry, he is still hearing from the Father. Now, let me just pause right here. For, for those adults in the room, you are carrying with you a message from your parents. You probably can play it in your head right now. You're, you're, you're carrying a, a recording that's saying something of value or not. Something of affirmation or not. I had one family member, when they knew I was going into the ministry, say, you're going into a lazy man's job. I was a family member. To this day, I still hear that message. Beware of the messages that we pass on. I want my kids, I want my grandkids to be affirmed about their behavior, valued about who they are. When Jesus was climbing up the Mount of Transfiguration, he had his disciples, closest ones, Peter, James, and John with him. They climbed up to the top. All of a sudden, Jesus is transfigured into his glory, into his into his eternal state. All of a sudden, there's this major switchover happens here. And what happens? God the Father speaks the same message that he had spoken earlier to him. Matthew 17, verse 5. He was still speaking 
when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. (laughs) Have we heard that before? Yes, we heard it at his baptism. Now God is saying it to him again when he's on the Mount of Transfiguration. This is a message that he wants him to hear over and over and over in his life. And it's, a, it's not just a... It's, it speaks of his present. Yes, I'm affirming that you're living, you're doing what's well-pleasing to me, but he's also speaking futuristic. Listen to him. This man, this Jesus, he has a lot to say to you. He has not given the Great Commission yet. He's not given the Great Commandment yet. He is literally just building up his ministry, about to hand over the church to them. This whole concept of a church. And what does he do? He is saying, listen to him. What Jesus has to say is important. When I speak of my kids, I want them to know that in the present, yes, in the future, there's beauty out in front of you. I love it that Jesus, when he was speaking high value into Simon, Simon was just Simon. He was Simon Barjona. Simon was his first name. Barjona was his dad's name. Jonah was his dad's name, son of Jonah. So Simon Barjona. But what happens uh, with, with Jesus and his disciple in Caesarea Philippi is he says, Peter, you're the rock. And upon this rock, I'll build my church. What did Jesus do? He looked at Peter. He spoke value into him. You're a rock, Peter. And oh, by the way, in the future, I'm going to build my church. On you, Peter, I'm going to build my church. So when you look at your kids, what is it that you can speak promise into them? Because I can guarantee you this, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, all that kind of stuff. If you say to your kids, I see in you, I believe this is true of you. And it's in the affirmative. They will hear it. They'll lock in on it. And they'll remember it for the rest of their life. For the rest of their life. You dare me, you try me on that, and see how that comes out. And listen, we never outgrow the need for meaningful touches, for high value, and for words of affirmation. I don't know, five, six years ago, I'd have to count it up now. I was in a dark season, personal dark season, that um, my father-in-law, who I can look at, in, in, and he's not here today, Lori's sick out, out today, so I'm talking about her family, love her family. My father-in-law stepped in, in, in many ways, from the time we've been married for 33 years nearly, um, and been a real father figure to me in a lot of ways. But this was a moment whenever I was in the, in, in, in the deep depths of my own darkness that my father-in-law spoke over me and gave me words of affirmation and gave me high value. And had he been in, I was in, I was in another state, he was here. Had he been together, I guarantee you he would have embraced me. I'm going to read you the text message that he sent me because I've kept it because it means that much to me. Just remember the season that I'm in and my father-in-law is speaking into my life. He said, God's plan is always perfect. 
We pray and trust in how He will make this time a part of how He will continue to use you, bless you, grow you, keep you forever His. God's hand took me to a scripture in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 31, 3 and 4. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you from unfailing... uh, I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. I will build you up again and you will be rebuilt. He said, I literally held my hand over these verses in my Bible. No drama and description here. Just loving belief in you. That's high value. Faith in God's hand over you. High value. He called you up as a teenager in situations through times that none of us truly know. He has tested you many, many times. Everywhere you've faithfully gone. You are a greater man in my eyes. Through this, no lesser. He speaks affirmation. Thankful for your brokenness and how you stand firm in your faith. We love you greatly. Love, Dad. It still stirs me. Because we all need the meaningful touch. We all need the high value. We all need that affirmation. And you know, there is no better place to start with it than in a relationship with Jesus. And that's just not the Sunday school answer. I mean that. Because the same way the Father loved the Son, the Father wants to love you. To as many as received Him, John said, to as many as believed in His name, He gave the right to become the children of God. Listen, I am... I'm thankful for my father-in-law. I'm thankful for my mother. I'm thankful for those who gave the blessing. I'm thankful for a New Zealand professor that gave me a blessing in life, but I am most grateful when my heavenly father touches me with his spirit, moves into my life and says, you're my son and I'm pleased. You're my beloved son and I'm pleased with you. You can't replace that. You don't have that relationship with Jesus today. Let him be your father. Give yourself to him. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I want you as my heavenly father. Right now, I receive you. I believe in you. Tell him that. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we come before you today recognizing that you are more than just father you tell us to call you Abba father daddy daddy father we come before you daddy we come before you we recognize our need to be loved our need to be blessed by you our need to be touched by you 
our need for affirmation and value. Lord, and who else better than through your spirit and through your son and through yourself? Father, we come and we ask that the Trinity would just speak to us now. And I pray that, Lord, the, the many voices and recordings that we all carry through our life, that, Father, the loudest one that we will hear, what this is my child, my son, my daughter, in whom I am well pleased. May you say that of us. Break down those walls. Break down those walls. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand and worship? Thanks for listening to the Grace Point Church Podcast. To stay up to date on all things GPC, follow us at Grace Point NWA on Facebook or Instagram. As you go, be people who show and share Jesus in everyday conversations with everyday people. Live Scent.